Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. Hey, Sully. Yes, Mikey? If you look up pyrexia in the dictionary, what does it say? I don't know. It says, sea fever. <laughs> That was terrible. That was terrible. Wait, though. It's not just terrible. I came up with it this morning in my head, and then I had to Google synonyms for fever in order to complete it. Oh, Mikey. <laughs> that was way too much effort for that joke. Well, now I'm a dad with these kitties, so yeah. boom. Well, your terrible, terrible punny joke is a great intro to our movie What's for today. What's our movie called? Today we are talking about sea fever. Yeah, we are. But in the case of the movie, it's S-E-A fever. It is. It is a movie from 2019. We watched it on Hulu. And this is a movie about a doctoral student who has to go out with a fishing boat as part of her, like... I don't know. She has to do some kind of field work or something. So she has to go out with this fishing boat. She does not want to do it. And they don't want her to be on the fishing boat. Now, her area of expertise is analyzing patterns and noticing disruptions in patterns and understanding what those disruptions mean. And it just so happens that she is a redhead. (laughs) And apparently... She really disrupted their pattern. Redheads are terrible luck on fishing boats. Like, yeah. they were all very upset. For a while, they made her wear a hat. Yeah, and that that's science. Yeah. So this is the story of this, this student going on this fishing boat, and odd things happen, and people die. Is that a good summary of this movie? <laughs> yeah, I think that's all anyone needs to know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a disease movie. It's a paranoia, people in the ship, who's infected, that kind of thing. So... Here's the thing. What's the thing? I have one important thing to say about this movie. Uh-oh. Are you going to save it till later, or is it we just starting off? I don't know. Do you have important things to say? Important things? Maybe I should start. Definitely not important things, no. Okay. Because I think maybe my thing will help us talk about the rest of the things. Huh. It's ironic that I used the word thing so many times in that sentence. Right. Because one of the things that I noticed about this movie is that it is a hardcore homage to John Carpenter's The Thing. The Thing. It is basically The Thing on a boat in the ocean. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not totally because there's like there's no aspect where, you know, somebody is actually the monster and trying to infect people. Like, there's not that, but it's... Right. Really I mean, but they are... a lot. They are infected. Like, yeah. they get infected... They deny their infection. They don't want it. Like, all of them are like, forget quarantine. Yeah. Sound familiar, anybody? I took notes about that. <laughs> and they had to come up with a way because they didn't have 
the tools to test whether they were infected. So they they had had to come up with this like strategy to do it. That turns out it it wasn't effective because she said Kira was okay based on their little self-diagnosis and Kira obviously wasn't. Yeah, she started getting nuts, which really she's the only one, well, the first guy too did a little weirdness, but she's the only one who really kind of went nuts. To be fair, her I assume that the first guy was her son. Oh, so it's genetic. So, <laughs> no, that is not what I was saying. <laughs> this parani- parasite was not <laughs> genetic. No, I just think that she had some additional emotional stressors. Yeah. As well sense. as parasites bursting out of her eyeballs. Yeah. I mean, at least she didn't get that far. But this is a movie in which parasites burst out of people's eyeballs. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Good times. Um, some other elements that reminded me of the thing was that at the end, they burned the boat, just they like did. they burned the, yeah. the installation. installation. Yep. And a difference that I noticed was that, like, at first I thought, oh, here's another similarity, because they were like, oh, we have to... We have to slow it down enough that we can kill it. Yeah. And the uh, the doctoral student was all, no, no, we have to slow it down enough so that we can release it. This is a rare animal. The, yeah. This animal had killed <laughs> many people, like five people at this point. Yeah. And, that, and that's just on her boat. That's not counting the other boat that they found. Mm-hmm. It was interesting that it had, it had that, like, you know, 1970s monster movie environmentalist element kind of thrown in there yeah. but so much was the same there was a connection to alien also this you know the working class guys who just wanted to get paid and had to mm. do their job and going oh, yeah. to get this alien on their boat that they didn't want i mean that's not that's not what the trip was for in this case but they ended up in kind of the same scenario well, like even the beginning conversation where gerard who is the skipper of the boat and is married to the woman who owns the boat gerard is like no no you guys after this haul we'll, you'll yeah. totally get paid like that's it i mean now that i think about it that's like almost word for word yeah like early scenes in alien yeah it's like it's a multi-homage yeah but i liked it like I was enjoying it anyway, and then when I had this realization where I was like, oh, this is very familiar, and here's why, it made me like it more because they were doing a good job of, like, the homage part was really good, but it was also unique enough to stand alone as its own story. Like, it didn't just feel like a copycat. The way it didn't lift up to those heights for me was, it was like the movie didn't go far enough in a way. Like, every time someone got infected, I mean, they, they had already been infected for a long time. We didn't know. They were just normal up to a point where they were like, oh, no, I'm infected. And then, boom, they, they were dead. And that was it. There was not a lot of paranoia, back and forth, wondering. Not, not There was never one of those things where, like, oh, we're going to lock you in a room by yourself. And that's going to solve this problem. And, of course, they're wrong always. Right. But, you know, there was not, none of that kind of struggle or challenge. It was always just, well, now that one's dead. So... Yeah, it was very quick. Like, you would start to see one of the characters would be, like, rubbing their eye. Yeah. And then within minutes, that was the end. Like, this was not a slow, slow-working parasite. No. And that's part of what was different in the thing, is that it was slow enough that people could interact with a lot of different people and get yeah, up and to a lot, a lot of, of shenanigans. Conflict. Yeah. 
Although this was a much more limited environment because they basically just had to be on that boat. Mm -hmm. In fact, the only time they got off the boat, the only, the only one person went in the water voluntarily. Yikes. And that was the student. Mm -hmm. And that's because apparently fishermen don't learn how to swim. <laughs> I mean, I think the implication was fishermen don't choose to swim, but one of them definitely didn't know Which how. is weird to me because that suggests that people who become fishermen know that they're going to become fishermen from childhood <laughs> when most people learn how to swim. It's a um, family business. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. Actually, as I was last night while we were watching it, I was like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and now as I was saying it out loud, I was like, oh, I think... People who become fishermen come from a line of fishermen in a lot of cases. Like that's yeah. one of those jobs that is passed down and, you know, you start working on your family boat. And Yeah, this was an Irish movie. These were all, you know, from some little island in Ireland doing generations and generations mm -hmm. of fishing. Mm -hmm. And Freya, who owned the boat, was very attached to her boat. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think they all were, but she was very attached to her boat and a lot of things... I mean, and not just for, there was a financial element of it. You know, there were times when they made very poor choices because Gerard would remind her that if they didn't, they were going to go home and lose the boat. But there was also this very emotional aspect to it because the boat was named after their daughter who had died. So yeah. that was interesting. I felt like that could have been played up a little bit more. That was kind of like the thing I was saying about the deaths where she had this concern about keeping the boat. Like that was a big deal. Or when other people were saying, we need to go as nuts as possible mm -hmm. to get rid of this thing. She's like, just don't hurt my boat. And that, again, was something that was kind of over real quick. It was, they, they did a thing where they tried to electrocute the boat to kill the parasite. And they did it. It was done in a couple minutes. And there was some damage to the boat, but otherwise it was fine. And she was sad about the damage, but it was done. And yeah. They were still on the boat. It's possible that they were trying to accomplish too much in the limited amount of time that they had. I, I was like tallying the different efforts that they made, the different attempts that they made to defeat this monster, right? Yeah. I have six things. That's a lot. That's like twice as many as you would need <laughs> for a story. Like really, three is the traditional yeah. number of attempts you make to solve a problem plot-wise. So that makes sense. I'm that might have they might have like just bit off more than they could chew and not allowed themselves to expand on a few things. Yeah, this it could have been more focused. Speaking of biting off more than you can chew, yes. the beginning when this parasite attaches to their boat, well, when the giant beast from beneath attaches to their boat, uh -huh. it starts eating these holes through the hull. Not really eating holes, though. It kind of like converts the wood, melts it down yeah, a little like bit. Yeah, like oozes something into it yeah. so that there's these circles of Rot. soft cheese. Yeah. And everybody wanted to poke the soft cheese. <laughs> That's the thing. Okay, so the wood has turned into soft cheese, but the soft cheese is still where it belongs, and it's still yeah. holding water back, which doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I mean, it was me. covered by a monster on the outside. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That is true. But, like, you could see it had converted, but it wasn't leaking anything. Yeah. And, yeah, three people in a row came and, like, stuck their finger into it, and, and so then suddenly there's three holes with goo leaking through The worst was when Gerard... He pokes at it extensively, and like, then he like peeled away, peels yeah. it away, and there's like a 
alien mouth there behind it that's been eating the boat, and he pokes it. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, they were not concerned enough <laughs> about this thing that was absolutely unlike any creature that the woman who studies ocean <laughs> things had never heard of. It would have been one thing if it had been like a small thing with a few tentacles that was causing problems. Yeah. But there were like three dozen tentacles <laughs> coming up from what was clearly a massive creature yeah. way underneath the I water. I mean, we never really got a view of how big it was, but it seemed to be a lot bigger than the boat. It had <laughs> to have been. And and it was doing things like the, she sort of acted like, yeah, Creatures that dissolve wood are perfectly normal and yeah. dissolve wood like instantly, yeah. like within seconds. Like this is a perfectly normal thing to have happen. No, no, it is not. It's not. It is absolutely not. And then later not. it's eating through steel. Right? Because if any of the things that this creature was doing were normal things that could happen to you while you're on a boat in the ocean, <laughs> they would have had some way of dealing with those things. Like... The creature eats through the wood hull of their boat, and they use wood blocks to <laughs> patch the holes. They sure did. What? That was a that was a weird situation. I feel like there was a pattern there <laughs> that perhaps she could have picked up on. Well, she only looks for anomalies and patterns, and she's like, "Wood, wood, all yes, consistent." That works. It was it was very strange, and I was very annoyed with her when she volunteers without any hesitation to do a dive yeah. to go like look at the outside of the boat because they at this point they still don't know, know. what's attacked them. I and would she's not just get like, in that water. I'll totally jump in this water in the dark. You know, no problem. Fine. I have to do a dive anyway as part of my my <laughs> field work. Sure. This is the one. Great something out there that's dissolving things that it touches let's go swimming with it exactly so okay that was unbelievable enough but then she gets in the water and she's going up you can see that there are like you can already see like six of these bioluminescent arms coming up and like suctioning onto the hull of the ship yeah. and they have long tentacle things going down and she very very carefully <laughs> avoids looking down yeah. And then when she finally looks down, you're like, oh, all of these tentacles are are like funneling down into the same circle of bioluminescence. Like the very first thing she would have done had she gotten in that water was to look down and go, oh, this is bad. I need to get out of the water. I know. It glows. You, you're not missing it. It's no. right there. In fact, at the end, it even suggested like the beginning, they see this whole bioluminescent thing that happens i've heard yeah. about that before and there's you know this whole irish uh yeah like folktale yeah folktale about what it means and you know some woman's lost love and she jumps into the water and becomes immortal you know the way folktales work and at the end it sort of suggests because that stuff happens again and it suggests that this thing that sailors see regularly is actually the tentacles of this you creature. Think? I mean, they were the exact same color. It was I mean, exactly were, but... where the creature was. Like, huh. there was a very strong suggestion that they were I related. Know. That seems like something that should not have been out there very much. I was concerned because, okay, over the course of the movie, it 
impregnated these people and made babies, and apparently the babies merged together into one thing, and that one thing came out and appeared to be as big as the original one immediately. This feels like the end of our planet. Like, it's multiplying at a vast rate. It is enormous. It dissolves things. Absolutely. We got Absolutely. a problem. And they kind of suggested that this creature had attacked them because it thought they were a whale. Yeah. Which, in the movie, they try to explain as they weren't supposed to be there. This was an exclusion zone because there were mm-hmm. whales there and having babies and whatever. And so they, this ship wasn't supposed to be there, which is why the monster could mistake it for a whale. But that kind of implies that ships are never around whales. <laughs> yeah. And I know that's not true. Yeah. Well, I it doesn't suggest this anywhere in the movie, but I in my head they said this was stay out because of the whales, but really we know about the alien invasion or whatever it is. I did the same thing in my head. There was a point where I was like, "Oh, this exclusion zone has nothing to do with whales." This yeah. is because the government is fully <laughs> aware that there is a monster eating boats out there and uh they're trying to keep you away from it. Of course, Gerard decides to go right through the middle of an exclusion zone. Yeah. Um, which makes him a jerk in lots of ways. <laughs> but they did not address that in any way. And I think that was a miss. They should have had some sort of government involvement. And it would have been fun at the end, too, because they thought they were going to get saved. Like, um, oh, yeah. Freya, Freya just up and vanishes like like she kills gerard because he is infected. is infected and he's going to die anyway so she like mercy kills him and then just gets in the in the rowboat and is like all right i'm gonna head yeah. to shore i'll see you in three days and then we never hear another thing about her so that happened right and then the oh yeah the two that are left that end up like burning the boat and releasing the baby into the wild she ends up realizing that she's infected and, like, drowning herself. Yeah. Feeding herself to the monster. And I don't understand that. Like, it was presented in a way that seemed like it was supposed to be really meaningful somehow. Well, and she had the visions of it a couple times beforehand in the movie. And I felt like... Yeah. So this is... for At first, I thought it was, you know, a memory. She was going to have issues with swimming because she almost drowned as Mm -hmm. a teenager or something but no Mm -hmm. it seemed to be foreshadowing that in the end of the movie she was going to swim down and who cares i mean sucks for her but that that was the best (laughs) thing and that and that she'd totally just be able to do that she'd be like i know i'm infected that's what i'm just going to return the babies that are in my body to the mother yeah drowning yourself that seems like a very difficult thing to do yeah I feel like our bodies are pretty well programmed to avoid that. Yeah. And she does it with the idea that then Ahmed will be able to go home to his pregnant wife. And literally every other human being who has come in contact with this monster in any way has been infected. So... And he just was underwater with the monster, wrapped in a tentacle. Right. So what do you think the odds are? Oh, what's interesting, I'm having a moment of deja vu-ish type things. I remember asking you this question at the end of our review of The Thing. (laughs) What do you think the odds are that this infection gets out and destroys the world? Well, in this movie, I'd say the odds are 100% because let's say he's not infected. They rescue him. 
great, they're gone. There's two gigantic monsters in the ocean. Yeah. And anytime they meet a whale, they're going to suck it up and turn <laughs> it into another one. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just a never-ending cycle of things that are going to keep growing. Yeah, this is an end-of-the-planet kind of crisis, which I believe was my thought at the end of the thing, too. It's like, there's no yeah. way. This this is not contained. You no. cannot contain this. Very dangerous. Especially since Freya's out there rowing around, doing whatever she's doing. That know. was weird that they completely ignored her. But early on, semi-early, um, you know, when she was doing the dive and saw the monster down there, that was some good, scary business. Like, the actual dive, I was tense about. And then after the dive, I don't even remember what was next, but just hanging out on the boat and feeling that they were on this boat with infinite ocean around them and a monster attached to their ship. I'm like, this is scary. Mm -hmm. I don't like this. Mm -hmm. Well, and things happened. Like, shortly after she got back on the boat... They were like, oh, we're going to winch it up. And once it yeah. gets high enough, yeah, close was... enough to the surface, um, it'll have to release us because it won't be able to support its own body weight. Like, there was some science there. Yeah, that was theoretically. about squids, they yeah. thought. And um, one of the guys gets his hand caught in the winch and gets seriously injured. Yeah. And, yeah, that was one of those moments as they were, like, chugging their way back toward land that... When you're out there on those fishing boats, you are out there where your chances of dying are extremely high. Yeah, like There's no support. Basically, anything that goes wrong is going to kill you. And, you know, to that end, it's impressive that they lasted as long as they did. So the part of this movie that I definitely was taking too seriously and was relating hardcore to, I think you have already suggested that this is true for you as well, mm. is that Shaban immediately was like, this is an infection. It's incredibly contagious. We yes. cannot go back to shore. Oh. And she even said, she's like, I have 36 hours. 36 <laughs> hours. We have to isolate, quarantine ourselves uh -huh. for 36 hours. And they said, freedom! They were absolutely <laughs> opposed to it. Yeah, I quoted, we need to quarantine now. And the response, which could have come off of Fox News last week, was maybe you have no life, but we have responsibilities. Right? Let's open all the schools. I'm not sure they mentioned that, but they were thinking They it. were definitely, definitely thinking it. Yeah. It was one of those things where pre-2020, I might have been annoyed at how unbelievable it was. Yeah. And this time I was just like, yes, why are people like this? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was weird how aggressive they were about it. Would it matter? To, 36 hours is a day and a half. Right? It, yeah, it was crazy. And at one point, when it becomes very clear to Shaban that they are not going to quarantine, like they have all been like, this is not a thing. You, yeah. You're just a stupid student. You are a guest here. Like, we're going to do what we're going to do. She went and threw a rope over the back of the ship and got it caught in the propeller and basically disabled, I mean, did disable their ship, like made yeah. them dead in the water so that they could not continue going back to shore. And I was so proud of her. <laughs> I was impressed with how much they didn't murder her at that point. <laughs> oh, you mentioned how there was nobody locked up in a, like nobody got locked up. Yeah. Whichever guy, whichever of the um, guys who worked on the boat 
went out there after she did it, he grabs her arm and he's like, come with me. And I'm like, oh, here we're going to, yeah, they're going to lock her up. This is the thing. But they didn't. No, they were just like, man, you shouldn't have done that. We yeah. like this boat. Yeah, they were mad. They, at that point, um, there, there were already like a lot of other issues going on. Yeah, they were in real trouble. So I know how you feel about animals. I like animals. You do. If you had been Shivan and Ahmed, who were the two remaining people on the boat, and you knew that this monster baby was in the tank, the water tank, would you have agreed with Shivan and wanted to release it because of the rarity of its species and, you know, not wanting to contribute to extinction of something? No, because she contributed to the extinction of all things. <laughs> yes, she did. But I think on that front, the movie never really took it seriously how weird this monster was. And maybe Not that's because she studies deep sea life and she's like, yeah, stuff down there is pretty strange. This happens. It's hatopelagic, Soli. Here's the thing. I could understand her feeling that way, but these fishermen were totally nonplussed by this yeah. entire situation. Yeah, it was weird. And I don't buy it. Like, I get that they are used to being at risk and they're used to being out there and, you know, danger, rah-rah. But this is beyond danger. This is an alien is under <laughs> our boat trying to suck the life out of us and turn us into incubators. Yeah. Care, and, and damn they, it. And they found out more about it. Like, they eventually discovered that just the slime sitting on the boat mm -hmm. touching you is not okay. And like, mm -hmm. this is really bad situation that extreme infection. And that's where we get into the what just happened moment. Okay. The first, well, the only guy whose eyeballs explode, I think the first guy who dies of this on their boat, Johnny, his eyeballs blast all over the place. And Shoban is like, I will save you. She slaps her hands over his eyes. She's holding him down on the ground, you know, trying to mm -hmm. keep him from bleeding out, I guess. And then she gets up with hands covered with not just blood. We saw in the sink wiggly little worms. Mm -hmm. Those were all over her hands. Mm -hmm. The movie goes from there, never shows her clean her hands in any way. In the next scene, they're clean. I'm like, what just happened? And we know the water's infected. Mm -hmm. All they had to do was just have her grab a bottled water from the counter and be like, sprinkle, sprinkle. And then we'd be like, okay, something happened. But no, there was no cleaning. There was no protection anywhere on this whole boat. There was no cleaning. There was, it just, they just let it happen. Yeah. And she was fine with those things all over her hands. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, possibly because they got magically cleaned off. Yeah. But... The guy who was taking a shower at the same time, like, they started to come out of the shower and they sliced him all to ribbons. Yeah. Like, he was all bleeding and he that was the was next one to die. That was a weird thing. That didn't make sense because mm -hmm. for everyone else, the whole issue was they already had some sort of open wound that these things got into. Mm -hmm. And for him, it was the things just started cutting him up. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of continuity to how these parasites worked i'm gonna say that those were older ones that the little tiny babies aren't like that but they had grown and they were mm. coming out of the shower because they were in the water supply and they 
you know, the, those are the things that can suck the side of the boat open. So they suck his skin open. Well, she talked about them in terms of being like a larva. Yeah. And maybe they were, they're at a stage where if they're not in water, they know how to, like, they have strategies to try to get themselves to a more hospitable environment. Like a human body. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, the whole thing was pretty strange, and it was a creepy monster under the water, but that's because anything big under the ocean is creepy. Definitely. And usually Definitely. tentacles help. Glowing. They were pretty. Um. Yeah, I saw them up close, and they were not pretty. Oh, that's well, wrong. Okay. They were a nice color. I like that color. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like that, like, luminescent blue like electric blue. I like that. Yeah. You you welcome our new tentacle overlords. I, for one, welcome our undersea tentacle <laughs> overlords. Ratings. Um, I, I guess I don't have a whole lot more to say than what I've already said. I the, It definitely had some issues story-wise. I think the acting was maybe a little inconsistent, which didn't help with the understanding of the story. Like, sometimes things were underplayed, sometimes things were overplayed. But despite that, it was a fun homage to some of those classic monster stories. And I appreciated that. I, I enjoyed that. And it was a story that, like you said, they didn't spend a lot of time on certain things. They they didn't spend enough time explaining like different elements of, of yeah. their plan of attack. But that being said, it moved along at a really rapid pace. Like I was caught up in this movie and I felt like it was moving along. I was interested the whole time. So I am going to give it a four out of five overworked arc welders. <laughs> yeah. It was flawed in the way that monster movies often are but it was also very enjoyable to watch i i don't feel like i wasted my time watching this movie Hmm. well i'm not gonna go that far i feel like like i know what you're saying that it it almost kind of in a netflix original kind of way it felt like it was a good movie Mm -hmm. like it was had the visuals and the style and the tension and everything but it's not the end that fell apart like a netflix original it was more that they just didn't have enough meat on the bone to dissolve to be fair they didn't really end the movie either like it just <laughs> yeah, was sort of like true. well now this guy's out here yeah Bye. but that's a, I, I accept <laughs> that that horror ending yeah it was missing something fundamental like you know sometimes a movie is just not that great or whatever but this was good just with an actual missing piece that really was important Mm -hmm. so i'm going down to three overworked arc welders out of five it was enjoyable all the way through it just kind of left you wanting something yeah wanting less wanting less it's interesting (laughs) yeah that's fair that is that is totally fair okay well I wrote. I put this in my notes as C dash fever because I feel like every movie should have a dash in the title now. <laughs> you're just you're just done with spaces. Yeah, sounds good. So, um, hey, I rented a boat. Do you want to go diving? No, <laughs> I don't. But we could watch a movie. Ah, uh, all right.
kitties are fine. Things are falling off of things, but now that we have cats, we only care about the cats. Everything else is irrelevant. <laughs>